Conversations on Economic Opportunity, produced by Ann Arbor Spark. Ann Arbor Spark is a public private academic partnership that's creating economic activity and prosperity in the Ann Arbor region. Innovative businesses and leaders are what make Ann Arbor a destination for startups and growing global businesses. By sharing their stories, they share what makes this region stand out for the exceptional schools, abundant parks, amazing community services that all contribute to our quality of life. Conversations on economic opportunity are a way to spotlight those who are helping this region thrive. Joining me today is the governor of the state of Michigan, Rick Snyder. As his tenure draws to a close, we wanted to look back at how the economic landscape within the state has evolved over the years and reflect on how the Ann Arbor region continues to be a vanguard of entrepreneurial and business development progress. So, Governor, thanks for coming in today. Uh, oh, really it's great to be it. with you. I yeah. was coming well, home. We, we, yeah, I know you're coming <laughs> home, and I, but it's a busy time. We're uh, about a week out before the election, so yeah. I know there's lots of things going on on your schedule. It was interesting. I was just at BLM's program mm -hmm. today, and there was a way to present to think about things of what once was, what's now, and what the future. And I think that's what, what we're yeah. gonna do here. So you were first elected in 2010, and then reelected in 2014. And there's been an evolution about how the state, under your leadership, has dealt with economic development. Could you reflect on that from when you came in to where we are now? Sure, it's been a huge transformation since 2010 until where we're at today, and yeah. it's incredible. It's so exciting. Because if you look at, we were bottom of the states. Yes. We were 50 out of 50. We were the only state that had lost population in the 2010 census. We'd lost more jobs than any other state in the nation. We had come down a little bit, but we had had the highest unemployment in the nation. Mm -hmm. uh, we were having our young people leave the state mm -hmm. in droves. That sounds like a real positive situation to keep businesses in your state and attract them. So we had to start with the fundamentals. That's the way I viewed it. And it mm -hmm. wasn't about fixing Michigan. It was about reinventing Michigan. So what we did was systematically go about saying every area that you'd look at, if you want to do your business operation, how do you turn that around? Right. And some of them are the more traditional structural things that you think about. So that began with redoing the entire tax system. Mm -hmm. We had the Michigan business tax. It was mm -hmm. the dumbest tax in the United States. Mm -hmm. We threw it out, replaced it with a very investment mm -hmm. and people favorable tax system. Mm -hmm. Um, the regulatory system, most people don't recognize. We went through all the regulations of the state. We got rid of over 2,000. Um, and then a lot of it was having a customer service attitude. Right. Our citizens are our customers. And so we had to treat people better. So that was a huge wave of it. The talent thing had already started back then, though, about we have a great talent core in Michigan, but that's been my top priority my entire time in office, about how to continue to grow that. Uh, so there are a number of these factors we had to focus in on. The other one is just getting people to work together. Mm -hmm. exactly. uh, that was a huge issue. And statewide, we've done a great job. If you look at the partnerships that have been created, uh, how different organizations collaborate right. now, but we still have some pockets where we still have some challenges. Yeah. So there were massive things. So I'd say in the earliest days, if you put it in pure economic developer terms, the first focus was retention. People always forget. They always talk about, we need to go get these companies yes, right. and such. But Marketing 101 says, do you take care of your current customers first before you worry about getting new customers? The answer is yes. So we did a lot of retention work to say, mm -hmm. how do we keep companies here? How do we keep people here and grow? Mm -hmm. And that worked really well. So now we've come to the point where we've been a huge economic success. We're now a top 10 state after being number 50. 
created over half a million private sector jobs, actually 560,000. That ranks us number one in the Great Lakes states, number six in the nation, mm -hmm. uh, number one in the manufacturing jobs, number three in the high tech jobs last mm -hmm. year. So all these things are going the right trend. Mm -hmm. And so now it's an issue of attraction to go with retention. You always have to do retention, but attraction. Right. But And then secondly, the best way to attract companies, in my view, and retain them is this talent question. And it's the right thing to do for our citizens. So that's my very top priority, mm -hmm. is how do we help people become career connected? So when I talk about talent, I don't like to call it workforce. That's a term I have never really cared for too much. I like to think of talent and how do you make people career connected where you can have people get the training, the background, the credentials they need to be successful in a long-term uh, mm -hmm. career opportunity. Well, and I think that that is what we're being able to communicate very strongly in other places of the country. I mean, as you know, just last week we talked about the fact that KLA 10 Corps, which many people don't, when you say that name, what is that company? But yeah. that's a company, it's a significant hardware company. And with partnering with the state, they're coming to Ann Arbor because they believe in Southeast Michigan that they can find the talent that they Yeah, need. that's a huge attraction opportunity. Many people, as you said, don't aren't familiar with the company. I was, because mm -hmm. I was from the IT mm -hmm. industry. It's one of the most technologically advanced, exciting yes. companies in the world. They're the people that make the equipment that people make the chips on. That's right. <laughs> And so make sure that those it, machines work properly. Yeah, no, right? that's the, among the most sophisticated yes. work in the world. It's nanotechnology yeah. and microtechnology work that's an absolutely incredible. And they could have gone anywhere in that's the right. world. Um, and I think it was a huge statement uh, that we were able to show them the resources we have here. I had several wonderful conversations with their CEO as part of that process, and he was fired up. So I think they're yeah. excited. To they did a lot of due diligence. This is part of being partners in being creative. One of the things is they are actually going to build uh, a new building, uh, you know, they're here in the region, but they wanted to get started right away. And so we said, we'll move some things around in our accelerator yeah. so you could have a place where you can start hiring people right away. So that's a great story. Well, on that, so could you, you know, one of the things that, that I know uh, because of your long history with our organization as its, its first chair, you know, and, and something that you're passionate about in general, Talk about sort of um, the, the things that you're seeing in terms of investment, in terms of early stage companies and entrepreneurial activity around the state. Yeah, well, one of the things we want to do in addition to the kind of traditional business is how do you grow business? How do you do entrepreneurial um, opportunities? How do you do innovation? And if you look at it, we've always been strong in that uh, in terms of Ann Arbor area. Mm -hmm. uh, Ann Arbor's really been the core of that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I was proud to help yeah. work with this well, organization. And so I think Ann Arbor really taking leadership with Spark was a huge advantage for the entire state. And since then, it's flourished even more. Yes. Um, if you look at it, I would say this area has only gotten better and better. Mm -hmm. But now we have uh, complementary areas yes. and areas that work together. Uh, the biggest ones being the comeback of Detroit is huge for the entire state of Michigan. Um, you, you can't believe uh, the old retention calls or attraction calls I used to have to do. I'd spend the first 10 minutes talking about uh, problems in Detroit. I would talk to site <laughs> selectors to be the same thing. Yeah, right? now it's talking about the cool things yes. going on in Detroit. Can we come? We want to yeah. see. So now it's a magnet for young people around mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's going really well in terms of places being set up where literally there are buildings full of young entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. innovators coming, setting mm -hmm. up operations. And I think that's just wonderful. So now we have a second major hub nearby and that right. complement one another. 
The third one is actually Grand Rapids is doing right. really well. Uh, they've seen a major expansion. So is along with Kalamazoo, that whole kind of corridor, mm -hmm. that West Michigan line. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't want to leave out, we have smaller pockets that are doing well. Traverse mm -hmm. City, mm -hmm. uh, Marquette, Houghton, mm -hmm. um, some places up north. The one thing we need to continue to do though is work better together. Mm -hmm. um, this is the thing not to treat these as islands, mm -hmm. but how do we treat it as a more mm -hmm. broader marketplace? And right. that's where I think the state has a role to so, sort of say, how do we wrap our arms around this so we can make sure we create environments where people can win together? And we did that recently when uh, we had the event about having a homecoming sort of for sure. a bunch of people from around the country that had right. Michigan ties come back that weren't the uh, high end, the, the big successful people, but the people that are the young up and comers. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a key, key thing for us because I think a lot of folks uh, go to other parts of the country, uh, maybe early in their career, and then they remember sort of the high quality of life that we have in the community and that you can have that, that technical high, high entrepreneurial kind of job, but you can also have a very significant uh, quality of life. Yeah, the other one we've done with that, Paul, is uh, we, I think we've, we're really leveraging some of the strengths that we have in our state. I would say the whole area of mobility has been a exactly. huge home run shot for exactly. us. We are the world's leader in that, but we've been proactive about attracting startup companies mm -hmm. uh, to Ann Arbor and to other places mm -hmm. around the state. And in the state, we've actually done collaborative agreements with both Israel and China about how do we do more collaboration mm -hmm. and cooperation in this field where literally they're bringing delegations yeah. of entrepreneurs to come visit our state and we're seeing uh, great connectivity happen. Well, your leadership in terms of the entire state, but, but we came forward with the notion that we wanted to build on M-City, do the American Center for Mobility. It's now a tremendous asset and, and it is attracting uh, companies and others to come here and want to use that facility uh, to grow mobility here. Um, well, you touched on this a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I think you just are communicating a little bit is how we've changed in comparison to the other states. And how, and you're talking a little bit about how outside investors are perceiving us. How do you, how do you see the surrounding states responding to our success? They're copying yeah. us, I would yeah, say. Yeah, now they're copying. Well, yeah. Michigan's the role model yeah. to follow in, in many respects. So. Uh, the story we used to have when I first started, we didn't weren't organized. It was so bad, in fact, that um, I made the comment once to the people in Indiana to say the largest economic development tool that the state of Indiana has is the Michigan business tax. And they actually agreed with me. Mm -hmm, <laughs> That's mm -hmm. not a good statement. Mm -hmm, no. So now it's turned around where we're being viewed as a role model mm -hmm. and people are emulating the model. A, a great estate illustration is, is uh, things like in the venture capital area that Renaissance Ventures yeah. uh, that Chris Reisick has put together with mm -hmm. his team is now you're seeing those surrounding states to mm -hmm. say how do they replicate that kind of mm -hmm. investment model and mm -hmm. in fact or how do they collaborate with us. My view is is in a lot of ways we're always going to have some degree of competition with the surrounding states but the best answer and quite often is to say how do we partner together and mm -hmm. actually promote the broader Midwest mm -hmm. because I'm happy to share ideas. That was back to the original Spark ideas. We've always done open source economic that's right. development. That's, that's a, uh, still a value. It's in the, yeah. uh, the <laughs> annual report every year. Yeah, exactly. so it's really to say we're not here to keep proprietary ideas. We just think we can execute better on those ideas or execute as well as anyone in the world. And if you do that, you're going to do really well. Yeah, well, that cultural <laughs> norm is, is maintained. I mean, we are working in different geographies in different ways. We focus with the smart zone in Ann Arbor yep. and Ypsilanti, but we, we do economic development work in Livingston County. Your regional prosperity initiative, um, the six counties that we were working with, 
they decided, they, not Ann Arbor, decided to brand themselves as the Greater Ann Arbor Region and communicate that to the world. And, you know, most recently, we've been working on angel fund development for the entire state. So you're right. How do you think about using the platform to benefit the yeah. entire state? So. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about the Marshall Plan as we kind of close out here. Um, I think there's been a lot of, of uh, information that's been put out in the media, but it's a significant amount of funding, uh, lots of resources for talent growth and attraction. Talk about it, it how you envisioned it and, and, and what you hope it will achieve, uh, both here in the, the, initial, the initial phases of it, but long term. Yeah, it really goes back to, I mentioned I started working on the talent question as soon as I got in office. And we had done some great things. I'm very proud of in the, the STEAM area, what we had done there in particular. One that stand out is really FIRST Robotics. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a home run shot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're first and first in the entire world mm -hmm. in terms of creating these robotic teams. And these young people have gone on to fabulous things. Um, for career tech education, the, the professional trades, we've done a lot and from robotics to advanced manufacturing, right. those are all going really well. But to be open with you, Paul, I pushed our economists to give me the numbers for the long-term future, it wasn't enough. Well, we just had that massive yeah. amount of unfilled yeah, jobs. Yeah, the demand. Yeah, and, the demand was just And there. I pushed them to really look at the numbers in a different context because they were doing the normal thing. What are the historical numbers and what's a good growth percentage? Mm -hmm. And I said, in things like IT and programming, that doesn't even work because there's latent demand, there's so much demand out yes. there, it's not even be reflected in the numbers. Right. So as you do it, we saw there was huge need, over 800,000 openings in about five or six areas, about 40 some jobs by 2024. Right. Well, let's get going. Mm -hmm. And most of these, many of these are certificate-based programs. Yes. It's about competency-based learning. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require a university degree. If people wanna get that degree, go for it. I'm all in favor, all of, favor that. of that. Yeah. But how do we really ramp these programs up, and again, it, a couple things needed to happen. One is, how do we get the education community and the employer community not to look upon themselves as silos anymore, but to make it seamless? Mm -hmm. um, because you really want the educators understanding where true demand is mm -hmm. and learning what to really teach. Yes. And we need employers to understand you have to be active in the process. You can't just go out and out suddenly say, deliver all these wonderful people to me. You gotta earn it and work for it. <laughs> right, right. So we had to break that down. And then within the education community, how do we make them much more proactive about saying, it doesn't matter whether it's high school, community college, university, just get people what they need. Get them the credentials mm -hmm. and let them go as fast as they can. Mm -hmm. That's what the Marshall Plan's all about. So it's really to focus in on how do you do consortiums? So it's not right. about one participant, but they have to come as educational institutions, employers, all together as one big team. And, and really focusing on a specific unmet need, yeah, not they just have, a general right. kind of thing. They have to show what curriculum needs to be mm -hmm. built, how to do instructors. Right. Uh, we have scholarships for low-income people to help get them through that process. We're gonna be launching that soon. So I viewed it, and it couldn't be a one-year thing, because I wanted to build something to last. Um, so it's a $100 million investment over five years. And the interesting part is, is being an old uh, accountant, I did the numbers on it to show that if you, this goes for five years and it achieves anywhere near what it could achieve, it pays for it itself. itself. And so the thing is, as you get three to five years, I expect this thing to ramp up even mm -hmm. bigger. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the thing is, is that the, the question that we have when, when either from companies that we're trying to 
keep here and grow here or companies that we're trying to attract here or early stage companies, it all boils to that, uh, down to that question. Can we find the workers that we need when, when we need them? And yeah. so I'm you know, very pleased that you put this program together because I think it gives us a significant leg up in meeting that need as opposed to the, the traditional methods that the federal yeah. government used, which, which really weren't tied to what employers need. No, and I, I told people, I've told people this for a long time, I said when you look at the future for economic development, the jurisdictions, the areas that do the best at career connections, at talent, are going to have a competitive economic advantage. That is the number one thing to make it work. And it's interesting because as, as our traditional business development activity goes on in economic development, those conversations with the companies anymore are not so much about well, can I get a tax break or can I get some kind of incentive? They're focused completely on the talent because that's what they really yeah. need to drive their business. Yes, the incentives are important in certain circumstances and we want to make that happen, but that's the thing that they're talking to us the most about. And you're right, I say the same thing. I may say it a little different than you do, that what region or what state advances these ideas is going to be the winner in this economic competition. Yeah. It's not going to be the deals in some of our southern states that give away billions of No, it's not about buying something. It's so, about having the best people. That's right. Because that's the key and to I good economic And I think success. the thing that's very, very, very pleasing about our work here that in partnership with the state is we find that we're also having success in attracting foreign investment to this location and I know you've met, made many trips and done that but we are a place that is very welcoming and open to those kinds of companies and to the employees that they bring here you think about Toyota's investment here Hyundai Kia many German companies so that's been a very important part of our success as well it's been huge and uh, I'm very proud of that we've done a, on mm -hmm. the foreign direct investment side uh, this is a welcoming place mm -hmm. Ann Arbor in particular, but mm -hmm. the entire state. state. So it's uh, we want that diversity. Mm -hmm. We want people to come in from around the world. And a lot of it's been proactively marketing it, positioning it, making people feel good. And I had a classic case in one of these ad attraction trips where a company walked in and the CEO looked me in the eye and he said, tell me about all the incentives you're going to give me, why I should come to your state. And I said, well, it's going to be a really short conversation because I've scaled the number of those back. But let me tell you about talent in the supply chain. Right. And they came to Michigan. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, as a final yeah. question, I guess as you're ending your tenure, what are some final thoughts that you have and maybe in the way that uh, George Washington left some words for us about how we should proceed in the future, what advice would you give to the incoming administration? Yeah, there was basically a series of steps that we put the foundation in place, but we got to keep going. And during a time period like this, the last thing you should do is get complacent, content, start changing that mm -hmm. attitude to say it's about me versus collectively mm -hmm. we. Mm -hmm. And we need to stay focused in on the future and stay on the gas. And, stay on and the it gas. really comes down to what areas is the economy going to in the future? Mobility, we're the world's leader. So let's lead in mobility. The second thing that goes with that is the talent thing. Talent is critically mm -hmm. important. So Marshall Plan, mm -hmm. let's make sure we reinforce that mm -hmm. and double down as we go through that five-year period and make sure it's being implemented appropriately. Infrastructure, we still have a lot of work to do on infrastructure here. But we've put in practice not just spending more money, which we are, but integrated asset management. We're doing some thought leadership leading our country in this. Beyond that, fiscal responsibility, again, you got to pay your own bills. Mm -hmm. And so we're paying our long-term debt off. I joke to people, if you want a really cool job in Michigan, run for governor in 2038. We'll pay off our long-term liabilities for the state and all our school districts. And if you're an investor or you're a company looking to come here or stay here, 
that gives you a lot more confidence in the long-term future because you don't have to worry about someone raising taxes because they got huge unpaid bills and everything else. That's important. Mm -hmm. And then finally, civility. Yes, sir. Our greatest threat in our country today is us. If you look at it nationally, you look at our political scene, it's terrible. In Michigan, we've shown we can be a role model for relentless positive action. It's not about who's doing what to whom or who's calling someone a name. It's what's the problem, what's mm -hmm. the solution, and get it done. So mm -hmm. I really encourage RPA to continue in some fashion because fundamentally, we've proven that you can go from 50 to top 10 in eight years mm -hmm. by working together mm -hmm. and not talking about it's being one person, but it's teamwork. Mm -hmm. Stability and certainty are keys to business wanting to make decisions mm -hmm. and knowing that they can come into an environment that is civil and that the community will respond to their needs in a proactive way. Is, I think that's the secret sauce in economic development. I also, just because I have you here, I just want to say that you know I've enjoyed uh, my tenure here at Spark over the last eight years, and I often tell everybody it's, it's because of the great platform that was established by you, Mary Sue Coleman, and others in the community that has created this, this ability for this community uh, we've got we've got 80 companies that are a part of Spark now, um, the University Eastern, uh, Washington Community College, all the municipal governments, come around this table and are pulling in the same direction to try to drive economic prosperity for all of our residents. You have many legacies uh, in terms of what you're doing as governor, but this one is one that, that uh, I hope you're as proud of it as we are. No, I'm really proud. I, you've made me look good. <laughs> well, so Governor, I thank that. you for thanks, thanks for coming in today and spending some time with us. And good luck to you in the future. And we look forward to working with you uh, in in some new way uh, as you leave office. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Yeah. So, for more information about Spark, uh, you can find us on the web at annabberusa.org, also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For more information about the Marshall Plan for talent, visit Michigan.gov. Thank you for listening to Conversations on Economic Opportunity. We hope you'll like and share the content you heard today. For additional podcasts and information about Spark, visit annarborusa.org.